please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Hey, it's Greg McIntyre, the Elder Law Guy, coming to you live from the top of the John Hancock Center in Chicago, Illinois. And we're on the, what, 94th floor, Stephanie? 94th. 94th. Drinking a couple of fizzy, fizzy sodas, and which are pretty good. And was reading and doing a little something with Saving the Farm today. And uh, wanted to come to you and talk about... So if you look out, that's Lake Michigan, and you'll see these. See if I can zoom in. People yachting and boating around. Out having a good time. Lots of people. Would you mind holding that for me? Thank you. I'll do it Perhaps. That way? If you click on me, I think it makes the lighting different too. So, there's a lot of wealth out there on the lake, and uh, just with some of the buildings that were built here, with some of the families that accumulated wealth here, I guarantee you they're using trust to control their assets well in the future. I know the Kennedys have built some buildings here and owned some buildings here. They're a great example of a family that uses trust on a regular basis to take care of their wealth and their families well into the future. Um, you can do that even on a small scale. You could. The main difference in leaving things by will or say setting them up with a trust is one, a will has everything go through probate, which means it subjects them to liens, things of that nature. Trust will avoid that in the entire probate, probate process. Um, another thing is uh, trust or allow you what my law professor used to call dead hand control uh, from the grave, which I picture the hand sticking up with a remote control in it, kind of controlling everything well into the future in perpetuity. You can set up trusts that provide for your grandchildren to go to college, that distribute part of their money after they've gone to college, say at 25, the rest at 30 once they've reached some more uh, maturity, and then maybe a little more, or maybe the final disbursement at 35, and so on and so forth. You can donate to charities over time. You can set up a charity or a charitable trust to help fund the library. You, know, you can do a, a number of things with it. And I wanted to just talk about trust made simple very quickly today. And trust ex simply explain. Trust me. What's a trust? A trust is no different than this glass right here. Or a bucket or a vault. Holding the ice within. Or holding your assets. And telling them exactly how to be distributed. Now they're going to protect your assets from say a civil lawsuit, if you were in a car wreck and it's your fault and you got sued, your car insurance didn't cover it, and they came after your personal assets, a, a standard trust can protect against your money right now against that attack. However, in a Medicaid situation, if you had to go get long-term health care, if you have a living trust or a revocable trust, the government would still deem you to be in control of that money. So at the very top, trust explained, trusts are either revocable or irrevocable. An irrevocable trust, you give up the money and you appoint a trustee. And that leads us into the parts of a trust. 
trust at their base have a trustee, which is a trusted family member, or it could be a company. There are trust companies out there that will manage your assets for you. They will generally have a separate tax ID number if they're an irrevocable trust, but usually if they're a revocable trust and you can revoke it, you can put money into it, take it out of it, cancel it, throw it away, uh, break the glass, so to speak, then you'll probably want to use your same tax ID number, your social security number for that trust, because that way you won't have to prepare a separate tax return for the trust, an irrevocable trust, you would prepare a separate tax return for that trust. And I work with a great, a great accountant who can help you do that. Just give me a call. You will have trust beneficiaries. Trust beneficiaries are the recipients of the money from the trust. Those are the people who are going to, to get both the trust income and the trust corpus. The trust property you put in it is called the corpus, it's the body of the trust. What is earned from that, say investments, that's called the trust income that would be distributed to the beneficiary upon your instructions. So, back to irrevocable and revocable, an important point that I want to convey. I meet with family members all the time who say, you know, I've got a trust, you know, we're ready to file for Medicaid to come in and take care of husband and wife, you know, my spouse is protected. If you have a family trust, I'll generally call a family trust or a revocable trust, it is not protected against that Medicaid money situation or that long-term care situation. That's why long-term care insurance and legal planning becomes extremely important. So just be aware of that. To fund or not to fund, that's the question. And the last question that I'll talk about. I see trust all the time. People think that because their Schedule A on the trust or their list of property in the trust says that they have a house in the trust, vehicles in the trust, money in the trust, bank accounts, investments in the trust, that it's actually there. But then when I look at it and explain to them, look, you know, we're looking at your deed, it's still in your name personally, or your car title, or your bank account is still in your name personally. It's absolutely not in the trust. And, and they're, they're under the wrong impression, the false impression that they funded their trust. So the, the glass is literally empty and has nothing in it, okay? So to put the ice in the glass or the property, the trust property in the glass, you have to title those deeds in the name of the trust. Deed to the trust in the name of the trust. Deed, you know, a car title like that. I'm not a huge fan of vehicles and trust, but you could do that. Uh, the bank accounts need to be in the name of the trust. It should have a separate tax ID number for those bank accounts and should if it's an irrevocable trust that has a separate tax ID, which we get from the government for you. Um, so I hate to see a trust unfunded. I like to see it protecting assets and doing its job instead of a mad scramble to fund it or trying to discovering at the, you know, too late that it's unfunded. So if you have any questions about whether your trust has been funded or not, or it should be funded or not, come see me. I'd be glad to do a free consult if you mention this video. Also, I'm going to start holding trust funding classes uh, at our office on a regular basis on, say, a Saturday morning. I'm going to start doing those. Uh, we'll probably start those up in the month of uh, September and do some trust funding classes and talk about the nuts and bolts of trust funding. You can bring your trust or uh, talk, you know, if you're just interested, you can come check that out. We'll put that out on our e-newsletter. You can go to our website, mcelderlaw.com, 
sign up for our e-newsletter, or follow us on Twitter, Twitter at LawyerGreg. You'll get all the information. Obviously, Facebook, if you're watching it here, or YouTube, I'll put it out there too. Uh, but, the, but you do need to get the e-newsletter, so go to mcelderlaw.com and sign up for it. And uh, if you do that, I'll offer the trust funding classes for free for you. So this has been Lawyer Greg uh, coming to you, and the Elder Law Guy coming to you from the top floor of the Hancock Center, or one of the top floors, the 94th floor, which is amazing. Amazing views of Lake Michigan. One-fifth of the world's fresh drinking water lies in the Great Lakes, which is absolutely unreal. And the uh, Ocean Drive, or uh, Lakeshore Drive right there, has 26 miles of free coastline for residents. 26 miles. Absolutely unreal. This city is unreal. Hey, Steph, what did you think? Unreal about what you've learned from Chicago. What's interesting that you've learned about Chicago on this trip? How quickly it was, it was built. How quickly was it built? How quickly the population exploded. Tell us about that. How quickly was it built and how quickly did the population explode? Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. She does know. She's just shocked. So, I don't know. I want to say in 1833, it had 150 people. 150 people. And that's when they, they had a fort that was on the corner of the, like the Chicago River coming in, and the which is right now Wacker Drive and, and Michigan Avenue, not far from here. It had 150 people. The town was incorporated in 1833. And then I want to say it had a mil... 100,000 by when? I don't remember. 30 years later, I think it had like 100,000. I want to say it had a million people by 1890, which is unreal, an explosion. And they had a mass amount of immigration to Chicago, also from all over the world and the United States. It's a great city for civil rights also, um, and the Great Migration, they call it, between 1890 and 1960, I believe, and uh, for, for African Americans, and also... Um, the population, or the building, just the building of the city. It was totally burnt down in the 1930s, maybe? And then, what? when was it? When was the Chicago fire? In the 1800s. Was it in the 1800s? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, see, she knows. She does know. The 1800s, it was burnt down, and then was built back very quickly, right? Poor history lessons from the Poor history. Hey, I'm not a history teacher, okay? But uh, it certainly is a huge city now, okay? Bye, Stephanie. All right. Bye. Goodbye. History-wise, probably not correct. It's all correct. <laughs> we just. This is. Uh, we're gonna fact check the the history part and get back to you. How do I cut this off? Things get slow, tomorrow's never promised today Don't get too busy and let it all slip away Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre
higher elder law. Foundational planning or more complex. We can help when you're perplexed. If a loved one needs long-term care, we can help avoid some of the scare. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. State planning benefits and even probate. We take the planning piece off your plate. If you or your spouse were in the military, 